Hello, welcome to my podcast, Express Yourself. It is an auditory sense of community of the Starbucks patrons, by the Starbucks patrons, for the Starbucks patrons. Today, join me in knowing that patron. I have here Mr. Damu Bob. I'm not sure if you remember Mr. Damu, but when you first came in at Starbucks, you showed me two pictures and they were two Hermes belts. And you asked me, I need your advice. Which belt is better for me? Which one is not tacky? And I was like, this guy asking me for my fashion advice? That makes sense. So welcome Mr. Damu Bob or Mr. D in short. <laughs> Thank you for having me, man. I remember that. I remember that very vividly. Yeah. <laughs> and I loved you for that because that was just, you look good in an Hermes belt. I forgot the watch you also bought and you asked for my advice. Was it a Rolex? I don't remember what kind of watch it was. <laughs> okay. So Mr. Damu, my listeners are interested. Where are you from? I'm originally from New York City. Mm-hmm. And then I was, that's where I was born. I was born in Queens, grew up in Brooklyn. And then I moved to Northern California when I was uh, early teens. Mm-hmm. And I grew up in San Jose, California. Brooklyn, New York. Yes. Oh my God. How was the demographics there? The city, city Brooklyn or like the outskirts of Brooklyn? No, no. I was in city, city Brooklyn in Park Slope. It was very Caribbean, very Hasidic Jewish. Like I always tell people, you see the Hasidic Jews with the curly curls walking Oh my gosh. That was the community. And then obviously other pockets of Brooklyn, they have all these other different ethnicities. And the great thing about Brooklyn is that it's this diverse melting pot. You know, you can get amazing Russian food and Vietnamese food, Chinese food, Caribbean food, African food, right, right. Jewish, just great old, good old American food, Italian food, and then all the different cultures. So New York, that's what, that's what makes New York just one of the best places. And Brooklyn is a great borough. That was fantastic. But then we moved to San Jose, California, mm-hmm. and which is totally different from New York. I'm sure, and yeah. San Jose is very different. I went from a place that had multiple different ethnicities, multiple different languages, cultures, and whatnot, to San Jose, which is basically just suburbs of the Bay Area. I don't want to use the word boring, but it's a very cerebral place, but kind of boring. Right? Yeah. <laughs> I love you, so you, I don't say boring, but kind of boring. So why did you move? What was the my, reason? My dad worked at IBM mm. and uh, got transferred from the East Coast to the West Coast. And how did you feel about the move at that time? I was just getting ready to be a teenager in New York City with my Timberlands. And oh going, my gosh, you know, yeah. To like, I went to a school where you have a good mix of everybody. To, I went to a private school in the Bay Area with like three African Americans and a couple of Hispanics, a couple of Asians. We called it the culture shock. It was just like, whoa, you know what I mean? Got used to it. Looking back at it, New York City would have been a cool place to grow up in. Yeah, man, I, I enjoyed it. Nice. Yeah. And you said your mom and dad decided to move and you were just a teenager. Were you that angsty teenager like, mom, I don't want to move? Or were you just like, obey, obey, obey? Definitely obey, obey, obey. Yeah. Because my parents are from the Caribbean. So yeah. my mom is from Jamaica. Her dad's from Cuba. Her mom is Scottish and whatnot. My dad is also Caribbean as mm. well from Guyana, but he grew up in London. So that whole Caribbean parochial experience, Caribbean parents don't play. So <laughs> like, yeah. I have an idea. I have a thought. Okay, great. Now, <laughs> go. Um, <laughs> so, um, but no, but no, it was, Um, I mean, I, nobody wanted to move, but like, because we didn't have that much family on the West Coast, but we did have family on the West Coast. Interestingly enough, or coincidentally enough, we had family in the Bay Area. The thing about it is, is that the California, as we all know, California is so far from the yeah, East Coast. Yeah. It's like, you know, New York and Miami and obviously London and obviously the Caribbean. So it did feel at this particular time. That you were like almost on another planet. And what's interesting enough too about that though, my kids have it so different because obviously my parents are on the West Coast and we have cousins still in the Caribbean and whatnot with FaceTime and all this and whatnot. Oh, they, yes. They're able, to, they're able to interact with their cousins mm-hmm. who are thousands, thousands of miles away. Like, like it's nothing. Yet. Yeah. So when you're in San Jose, California, did you have a hard time making friends? And you said you mentioned culture shock. How did you cope with the culture shock? For me, I played sports. Okay. So mm-hmm. once you're on a team and once you're kind of good, you make friends like that. Oh, and, yes. And then yeah. you're just so busy and 
I was really into sports. And to boot, I had been used to traveling, playing sports on the East Coast and then playing sports here. So to me, it was like, oh, I'm on a new team now. You know what I mean? <gasps> I so, love that, Mr. D. And yeah, a new team now. Yeah. So making friends and just new environment, but mm -hmm. making friends and, and then just kind of going. It wasn't too hard. And what sport did you play? Interestingly enough, I played from the East Coast. My first sport, my first love is ice hockey. Oh my God. Yeah, it's on the state team and whatnot. So. Uh, Mighty Ducks. Yeah, that, 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 <laughs> no, absolutely, man. I've met Wayne Gretzky the whole bit, man. Oh my yeah, God. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. so hockey was my thing. I played soccer. And then when we moved to California, one of my uncles, so he introduced me to tennis. Tennis. And I started playing tennis like, around like 12, 13. I got good. With it. Yeah, that's what got me to college scholarship and whatnot. I was constantly traveling all over the country playing tennis in my teenage years. So where'd you go in college in California? My freshman year, I went back east to Howard University. Howard was a lot of fun, almost too much fun. <laughs> <laughs> Too I much, know what that means. Too, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It means exactly what you think. Yeah, exactly. It means a little bit more. Yeah. yeah. So, so it was too much fun. So then I came back to California with the San Jose State. And the San Jose State lost its tennis team. Title IX was enforced. Title IX is basically equal amount of women's scholarship to men's scholarship. Okay, wow. So they canceled the tennis team. I was out. I had my scholarship, but not a sport. So then I transferred to UNLV down in Las Vegas. And I finished my junior and senior year at Las Vegas. USC for grad school. Syracuse for my MBA. So Mr. D, how old are you? I am 47. 47. Crazy. And <laughs> I mean, you look very young. What do you do? I am a TV producer, a digital producer at Fox Sports. What is that? Can you explain more? So everything you see on social media, you see Fox Sports handle the NFL, MLB, college basketball, WWE. You see you see the Westminster Dog Kennel Show. Our team creates that content and produces that content. And do you like it? I've been doing it for a while, man. So yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, because you told me you've been playing sports back in New York and you're very active. Now you're in an office, right? Yeah. yeah. How do you like that? So being in the office is funny because my very first job, I worked at Intel up in Portland, Oregon. I basically walked off tennis court, off of a field into an office and it felt awkward and I felt like my dad my dad worked at IBM I'm mm. like this is gonna be Weird, man. Right. <laughs> but now, but now I'm clearly I'm in the office now. I love it though because the office that I'm in, two things: a, we cover sports; b, digital. We have a very entrepreneurial spirit at Fox, so we're able to go out and create things. So going out there and being creative in the genre and the niches of the sport that I love. So kind of going out there and ideating and creating content in sports is kind of cool. Right. So yeah. So I'm very comfortable with, in my office space. So as a producer, that's a very broad and almost vague word. If you don't mind telling us what is your day-to-day -day job when you're clocking to work. Mm -hmm. So it kind of a little bit varies on a particular sport. Perfect example, we're in the NBA finals right now. So mm -hmm. it's covering the big stories, big names and whatnot. And then finding what's going on and, you know, finding one of our talent, one of our writers, and we generate the narrative of what's happening around that. So like an example would be the Lakers are up on the Warriors. Anthony Davis is hurt. Our talking heads are talking about it. TV shows talking about it. So now we got to get the social. We find the best sound bites of what just happened and we create that, create little videos, post it online. Or we have podcasts which have certain shows, create the rundown, obviously the topic of the day. Correct me if I'm wrong. That's very all technical. Yeah. So did you learn all that by yourself or were you have always been a technical guy? I've always been a technical guy. A lot of the stuff is, I don't want to say learning on the fly. My undergraduate degree was in computer science, so pretty decent at math. I'm a pretty creative person. I think I have cool ideas. Nobody thinks I have cool ideas. I think I have cool ideas. <laughs> but I will say this though, man, the tools that we use to create the content like Photoshop, Adobe Premiere, and the After Effects, the applications, the technology constantly evolves. Correct. Kind of, yeah. I've been able to keep up with it. But yeah, once you kind of master a particular thing and you produce it, you know, then it's just you can just kind of go from there yeah i'm curious about your work environment and your workforce are they all younger people yes yeah because you know you need to keep someone you know on their toes and really knows the apps and stuff it's crazy about that is that some of our interns are just scary young like born in the 2000s right it's just like you need that yeah you know? it's like wow you know what's funny interestingly enough where everybody's talking about ai some of the apps that are out there are literally making people's jobs obsolete correct and we're embracing it because it's nothing to be scared of this is what technology is i think it's called Gore 
according to Moore's law, technology doubles every 18 months. The next two years, what we're going to be see from AI is just going to be scary. And the people that are going to understand it. Younger guys. Not younger guys. It's going to be, you met my son Keon, who's 13. Yeah. Is that generation. Oh my God, yeah. Gen X. No, not Gen X. Millennials. Yeah, yeah. Because they're using it now. They're the ones that basically are in 7th, 8th grade to about college. We're figuring out how to use it to like take tests. Correct. And they're going to just completely master how to do this stuff in three, four, five, six, seven years. Mm-mm. AI can do this in seconds. Yeah. And, and it's just like, yo, this is insane. You said you're 47? Yes. At 47, Mr. Damu, are you good at what you do? Yes. Yes, of Great course. Great question. Mm-hmm. I'm good at what I do. Yes, I am. Okay. Why do you say that? Because you haven't been fired yet. <laughs> that too. Yeah. You never know. <laughs> no, yeah. <laughs> No, no. I think what's really great about this, I'm always open to learn. Correct. You know, so mm-hmm. that's why basically I call it the donut. Everybody makes the donut. Everybody can make a donut. The donut's being made. It's the same thing. It's been made that way 20 years ago. It'll be made that way 20 years going forward. But like digital has so many different iterations that we've seen in digital. We're on the verge of a new one. I can do TV. I've done TV. I did TV. I've done digital. This is the space that I live in. So constantly learning and I, and I enjoy it. Awesome. So when you graduated from college, yeah. was the Fox producer job your first job? I had a previous job mm-hmm. before then. So my first job I worked at Intel okay and yeah I you told me. yeah mm-hmm. three years in mm-hmm. uh, Portland Oregon and in Santa Clara mm-hmm. that was fantastic because it was learning technology at that big big company at a big brand that does marketing extremely well and those big companies that you think of like Nike and you think of like Pepsi they obviously sell their product whatever their product might be Apple right Apple's not really a technology company they're a great marketing, marketing. Company. you're right yeah right mm-hmm. this device that we're listening to a device that I have on our handle they have the same engineers that work at IBM IBM can produce this people at Dell can produce that Apple markets the next level better cool. Correct. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, mm-hmm. so, and that's where I truly learned marketing. That's an area that I love. So now put marketing with sports, you know, that's where I'm at. After three years of Intel, I decided that I was becoming my dad. I'm like, I'm going to be here for the next 30 years. <laughs> I'm like, this is not going to work. Now I'm 27. I was like this. Oh I'm my becoming, gosh. I'm becoming my dad. I'm going to stay here in San Jose. I'm going to work here for 30 years. I'm going to get married. I'm going to send my kid to my high school. <laughs> and you were afraid of that. I was Ooh, like, no. Okay. I remember the meeting I had with an executive at a big ad agency. And I said, hey, dude, the stuff that you guys are doing at this ad agency that marketing big brands sports I'm like yeah he was like yeah go to LA be cool work at an agency so I came to LA and I worked at an agency I became an agent I was an agent for about six years so of, I, of sports no 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 oh TV talent man oh my gosh yeah. okay so I put people on television and comedians on tour and whatnot. That's a complete shift, you know, Mr. D. It was a complete shift, but it wasn't foreign to me because... You can sell something, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. but also being a former athlete, I've interacted with sports agents before. Correct. So it wasn't that foreign to me. But after a few years of that, I was like, this has got to stop. Because if you know the agency business, it's brutal. Correct. I was in PR too, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, we work with publicists, managers, the whole bit. It's a grind and it's brutal. And, yeah. you know, if you don't have the A-list clients and you got, like, you know, it's just it's just brutal. So from that, though, one of my clients at the time was an executive producer at Axel. Hollywood. She called and said, listen, I think you'd be a great producer. Why don't you come be a producer at NBC? And the rest is history. I've been producing as well as at NBC, CNN, and then Al Jazeera. And I've been at Fox. So, and all of that was sports related? News, entertainment, news, news, sports. So, yeah. Wow. I love content. I, I love creating content. Yeah. yeah. So what news did you cover back then? At CNN? Uh-huh. Yeah. We launched a Dr. Drew show. So I was a field producer for Anderson Cooper. Covered Michael Jackson's death. Oh my gosh. Covered uh, Trayvon Martin mm-hmm. murder. Jody Arias murder. Mm-hmm. Connecticut shooting with a person killed the kids in the mm-hmm. so the thing about CNN is it's like some of those stories are just brutal it's real news and it's Correct. like you do feel like you're making a difference where sometimes you feel like sports you're not making it but I have a theory on that but um <laughs> but no it was great so it was just hardcore news at CNN and it was great man uh, Al Jazeera hard news again mm-hmm. major issues mm-hmm. so I wonder because I'm always curious about this in my podcast what was that in your childhood or growing up that do you want to tell news or you want to just report something growing up I don't know I didn't 
think because like my major was computer science but i do remember i did write for the news my high school newspaper really yeah, okay yeah, yeah, there yeah, you go yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah? I, did. I did do a high school movie that we produced i never wanted to be in front of the camera that's not my thing but like if something happened i always wanted to get my voice out that's so good yeah. i like that yeah. jd why do you think that is why do you want to get your voice out i think people just need to be heard be like if what i'm hearing doesn't jive with what i'm hearing i have an opinion that i want to get out there and that's also what speak up for the people that don't have a voice you know so yeah yeah man that is incredible could you tell us your theory in sports well, some people think that sports isn't like real important. Some people don't think entertainment, pop culture is important where like real news is real news. Like you're making a difference. I think real news is real news that you make a difference. But I think entertainment, pop culture, people do need to get away and escape sometimes. You know what I mean? I mean, I covered the Kardashians and Britney Spears and Kanye West. You're like, ah, that's enough. But guess what? Some people need a break from, you know, and they need to indulge in what they find, you know, relaxing. And that's what sports is too as well. Mm. And I think even more so for sports because sports covers some same social issues that, you know, that might be out there. I mean, like we have the whole thing the transgender athletes we have right Elon, Colin Kaepernick we have all these types of different issues that sports covers and then obviously you have sports mm -hmm. so anyway, that's my thing I think that's right. why I think sports is very important nice okay so I will go to your parents now so your dad worked in IBM yep and what does your mom do my mom's a CPA of, of just accounting so she just basically she can do your taxes man right so growing up you actually followed your dad's footsteps a little bit it's kind of weird yeah, yeah man yeah, yeah man yeah, so yeah, you, yeah. you look so, up to your dad I, you know what's funny it's weird that I did that I peeped that a long time too I'm like damn it was funny because like at one point I think kind of overlapped like he was on his tail end and I just starting at Intel I'm like dude this is wild that we're right. both engineers or technically yeah. in the tech industry actually I, I don't want to say I think I followed my I a little bit a little bit no not that no no no, no I would not I, I don't look up to my dad like that because like I, I never wanted to be like my dad like like an engineer like I just knew that wasn't for me like, IBM said hey Domino we have a great job for you like hey let's do that good job I'm gonna take the job you know so mm -hmm. it was just a point like that but no my whole dream growing up I wanted to be pro athlete and I achieved it i wasn't good at it <laughs> you weren't good at it oh uh -huh. that's so, very humbling to admit that's why i got a job at intel so yeah but i could say that i tried that's the best part and you have a sibling i do have a little sister uh-huh what did she do she went to carnegie mellon uh -huh. she went on a theater scholarship she's quite amazing at theater singing musical theater i love that oh no no dude so there's actors there's theater actors and then there's mt musical theater and they're just different <laughs> oh my gosh they're just different uh -huh. they walk in the room singing hello it's just like and it's just like oh my god right. oh my god and then they break in the song and dance it any and so <laughs> that is amazing so growing up you two are very different absolutely and absolutely. how did that make you feel like no we're just we're five years apart okay okay and we, mm -hmm. and we are very different yes. yeah were you the more athletic side and yeah. she's more she's the artsy yeah artsy yeah and there's no clash there growing up you yeah. always love each other yes our schedule never really jived could, right age so like when the weekend came she's off at a musical recital right or a pageant or doing something or a play mm. and i'm off doing something athletic and then to boot we're not the same age we're like this so yeah like, yeah yeah it's, it's kitty stuff older stuff Stuff. Yeah, and, you know, and then even when we were in college, it's like she's off Broadway. I'm like tennis tournament. Mm -hmm. you know, so, so how was the dynamics in the house? So in the dinner table, what do you guys talk about? Honestly, there really wasn't any type of dinner table type of scenario. Like, we oh just, no, 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 no. It was everybody's kind of on the go and come home late from practice, eat your food, do your homework. You know what I mean? That's just like that. There was never like coming coming around and like. Did down. you feel otherwise? Did you feel like you wanted that whole family gathering moments? I think when you're growing up, you don't know any better. <gasps> Yeah, you don't know. Like, that's one thing. Like I told my two kids, obviously I'm not with my kid's mom, but like this is technically not normal. I know this is all that you do know. When you get a little older, you can realize that wasn't quite the most normal thing to kind of go through like that. So yeah. Case in point though, I would like to argue that I've seen so many movies that my family is not normal because what I see in movies. Okay. So did you grow up watching movies like, hey, that family is different from my family? Yeah, so I think growing up watching movies, I didn't make the correlation like, yo, I think what kind of got me though is when I got to Intel, my first job, I had a mentor who was the same 
same age as my dad. And I'm like, this could be my dad. <gasps> and, I mean, and then I just realized, I looked at him, I'm like, you worked here, you've worked here just as long as my dad worked at IBM. Now I'm drawing parallel. And I'm just like, that's just different. That's not how I did it. That's yeah. not how we did it. And then as we get older, and now that we have our own families, we just take what we experience, we refine it, tweak it, and make it better, and we make improvements, and then we go forward. Did you notice about yourself that the qualities, behavior patterns from your dad copied to you? I think I took key notes on how my dad parented, and I make sure that I'm aware that I don't parent like my dad. Being first generation and our parents not knowing how just certain things are, and they take that cultural experience and they kind of put it on you guys, on us. Yes, yeah. Right? right? I know I'm not from London or Guyana. I'm not from Jamaica. I'm from New York City. I'm from San Jose. I'm from California. I'm taking my two boys. I'm like this. Let me tell you how this goes down. All right, I'm explaining to you. This is what you need to do. I'm like, this was different because when I was your age, this is what he said. He didn't know. Oh, I love <laughs> but, that. But it's, okay. o- but it's okay though. But I mean, now we do know. Tell me about your mom. What is your fondest memory about your mom? My fondest memory about my mom? Yes, because I feel like you're not close because you've been always been your dad. But tell me what advice or experience with your mom that really shaped who you are as a man. <sighs> <laughs> I don't, I don't know. Our, our child, we were so, 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 so busy. That's quite yeah. sad. Like, you're always busy? Oh, oh yeah. No, 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 no. Yeah. Like, like we kept it moving. I think a fond memory that I had of my mom was, I think right when I was about to graduate, and I was trying to play a pro tennis tournament. And I think my mom just said, like, I'll take it. And we were traveling up and down the East Coast, mm. you know, just meet her. For like about two weeks, mm. going tournament to tournament to tournament. Mm-mm. Okay. Yeah. So, okay. So you yeah. remember that, yeah. yeah, yeah so at forty-seven, hopefully you have time. You're not too busy. Do you guys go back to your house? Yeah, mm-hmm. we do. Our mm-hmm. big one is Thanksgiving. I'm a big Thanksgiving guy. Okay, good. Yeah. 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 Those families on the West Coast, we all get together. And now that we're older, we all have kids and, mm-hmm. and that. So it's it's even it's even grown. So which parent taught you how to do sports? The, all the sports you played, ice hockey to tennis. Neither of them. Oh, yeah. okay. If anything, my mom taught me how to run track. My dad is completely unathletic. My dad can't throw a ball. If you ask my dad to throw a ball, you'd be like, are you okay? Are you hurting yourself? <laughs> right? Right? And oh forget, forget catching the ball. Like, can't even throw a ball. My mom is the athlete. Like I said, my mom ran track, so my athletic ability definitely came from my mom's side. But, but yeah. who taught you ice hockey? I'm telling you, man, New York City, next door neighbor with this family, this white dude, they grew up Rangers fans and Islander fans, and the, their son was my age, and he's like, you want to go outside and play? Here, here's a stick, young man. Oh my like, gosh. Yeah, go go play. And go on the pond or whatever and just whack at each other all day. and like. So you taught yourself? Yeah, no, no, no. For real. Just, just like, how do you do it? How do you skate? I don't know how to skate. We're here skates. Go figure it out. And um, yeah, man. It was great. I am very fascinated about that. Walk me through that time where you were trying to skate or trying to play. How resilient were you? Did you give up at one point? No, so his mom would tell you the story. We went down to Madison Square Garden, went to go ice skating. I did not know how to skate. Fell and hit my head. I think I remember that because I hit my head hard. But my mom said, you did not know how to skate. You had skates on. And she said, you must have fell a thousand times. And then you just figured it out. Because I actually remember copying this one guy. This old man skating in front of me. He was just kind of gliding. Just like, that's just... And I just copied his footwork. And my mom said, we left there. You did not know how to skate. When we left, you knew how to ice. So she was like, you, d- you hit your head, you fell down, you didn't know what you're doing. An hour and a half later, you came off and this boy can skate. <laughs> so, I mean, I was like, I'm going to figure this out, you know? How old were you? Just like six, seven, and we played to like 10, 11, 12. Do you think that was the birthplace of your athletic ability? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah? Not, yeah? Not, not even a question. Yeah, because a question. you never gave up. You just no. fell and fell and fell and you still... Hockey's a great sport. It's mm. fun, it's fast, mm. it's awesome to watch. It's super athletic. Yeah, people underestimate how awesome, how strong and how 
athletic hockey players are. So when you learned all this, how did your parents react to that? You're very athletic. Parents from the Caribbean and whatnot, mm. so they're very focused, hyper-focused on education. I think once they realized that you can get an athletic scholarship, and it wasn't even about keeping us out of trouble. Nah, this is what we do. Like, I didn't need to be pushed into sports. My sister didn't need to be pushed into art. We were more like, hey man, open that checkbook. I'm going to go to this academy. And they were like, no, stop that. You have to do some schoolwork today. But Remind me again, your dad is from Ghana? My dad's from Guyana. Guyana. So right next to Brazil mm. and Venezuela, and mm. then my mom is Jamaican. So from Guyana and Jamaica, what about their countries and their culture that is in you right now? You see the Caribbean culture. I'm very much a Caribbean guy. Mm. It's the food. It's the music. It's just some of the manners. It is growing up being focused on academics. It's, yeah, man. I am a West Indian. So I love yeah, that. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. What is your favorite sports movie? Favorite sports movie? Correct. Miracle on Ice, talking about ice okay. hockey. Mm -hmm. You have Jerry Maguire, and then you have Moneyball, which is fantastic. Mm -hmm. there's, there's so many. And did you have any sports icon or sports player that you look up to growing up? Yeah, I mean, I did look up to Michael Jordan, Dennis mm -hmm. Rodman, tennis players, Andre Agassi, mm -hmm. even though he's not that much older than I am. Someone like Roger Federer, he's amazing. The Williams sisters are fun to watch, kind of know them a little bit, mm -hmm. watch them play. Wayne Gretzky was fantastic to watch growing up playing hockey. Quarterback Joe Montana. I was a teenager watching the group of 49ers play, mm -hmm. so yeah, I mean, like, Talk sports all day. Of course. Besides sports, what is your other hobbies? What other things do you do creatively? I mean, I like to hang out with my friends. Mm -hmm. I, I do. I like a good glass of wine. Okay. Wow, you're a wine person. I really thought we were a beer person. No, 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 no. I used to be. I so that I shouldn't say no, no, no. Oh, yeah. <laughs> It's like sport is all about like Miller Lite or something. I don't no, know. Heineken. Heineken. Um, <laughs> I am a wine person, champagne person. I like my scotch. I'm looking forward to a trip to Bordeaux. I'd love to check out the champagne region in France as well. And I love to travel. This stage in my life right now, it is about jumping on a plane and going to some other new cool places. Like my mom is going out to the World Cup in Australia. Oh my God. Yeah, so like that should be fun for her. Yeah. Yeah, she's taking my son with her. So mm -hmm. yeah. About work, Mr. D. Yeah. What is your biggest win and what is your biggest fail? My biggest win at work, I won an Emmy for a really cool execution with Paul Pogba. He's a superstar soccer player from France during the World Cup in Russia a couple years ago. Congratulations, uh, Thank Zidi. you, man. I appreciate amazing. that. Yeah, yeah, got nominated again for an Emmy recently. So For what? The World Cup that just happened. Okay, okay, okay. okay. Well, mm -hmm. The biggest fail? Biggest fail. I got fired by Sean Puffy Combs uh, by when I launched his TV show, Revolt Live. Sean Combs launched a network called Revolt TV. And I got hired from CNN to help create their basically their TRL show, their number one flagship show. So their number one producer came from BET, Walt Disney Park. I came from CNN. I created it with this other guy. I took a team of people from CNN and NBC and we created this beautiful team. And then ego just kind of came in the way. And just, oh. that just kind of hurt a little bit because I actually put in a lot of work, worked some long hours to make this show amazing. And that was a great learning lesson, you know? What was the lesson? Don't always chase the money. That is very good. Yeah. So from that, you said you don't work for money anymore. Or you work for your. I mean, you do work for money yeah, because you have kids and bills yeah. and everything. But you work for. Mm. Well, it makes sense. Correct. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Okay, that's good. I like that. You said you want to travel more and everything, right? You have lived a successful life. A few bumps in the road. So, what is next besides traveling? What is next for you in your workspace in your life? What is next for you? I want to continue creating content, short form content. Very much open to creating long form content like sports docs. Definitely staying involved with sports. I give back. I'm on a board director of Southern California Tennis Association, so okay. I constantly give back. We'll see how much I can give back in the world of tennis. Okay, let's go to romance, Mr. D. Are you ready for romance? <laughs> <laughs> So you mentioned you have kids. How many kids do you I have? Two boys, mm -hmm. nine and thirteen. And you're married, single. I am single. May I ask what happened to the marriage? Uh, never married. I oh, never married. Okay, ne never married, mm -hmm. and uh, that's it, man. Yeah. And then, are you dating now? Yeah. Okay. How is that going? It has moments. Things take hard work. 
So Correct. Exactly. That's all it is. It's just putting in the work. Yeah. It looks like you're a busy guy since, you know, sports is coming up. I keep saying sports is coming up because I don't really do sports. But <laughs> you say sports. That's how I say sports is coming up. Sports is coming up. So in dating, you know, walk us through how you balance work and personal relationships. It's all about communication. I try my best to communicate. And when you date, are you open to your kids telling them, hey guys, I'm dating this girl. I hope you like her. It depends on when you introduce people to the kids, you know. Again, you gotta, gotta communicate. You gotta find when it's the appropriate time. What I tell my kids primarily though, whoever you end up liking, make sure that they're nice, kind, smart, and funny. That's what I always tell them. Make sure whoever you're with that they're nice, kind, smart, and funny. As a dad, what is your advice to potential dads out there? Patience. Mm -hmm. Patience. Patience. Just have patience. Have an open mind. That's my advice. <laughs> I, I don't know what the hell I'm doing. <laughs> oh my god, it's too I'm, funny. I'm, I'm trying. Yeah. Yeah. And are you going to be telling your kids to follow your footsteps? I let them do what they want to do, but if what they want to do doesn't make any sense, I'm going to tell them, hey, that doesn't make any damn sense. Right. But I'm also going to tell them they can be whatever they want to be, man. Yeah. And I said, believe it, man. If you want to be president of the United States, go for it. Go. Yeah. If you want to be a pro athlete, go for it. I'm here mm -hmm. to support you. If you want to mm -hmm. be a teacher, go for it. I'm here to support you. Yeah. If you want to be an actor, go act. You want to start your own company go for it i love that I, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm here to support them. so i'm not sure this is a personal question mr d but there's no mother in the household how does that work in the dynamics in the household again like that's not how i grew up so like again like you know it's one of those things i think i try my best to that you know i have a great girlfriend so like my thing is this it's like hey i have a healthy relationship with my girlfriend so like they can see i mean obviously they, they have their mother and that's that and that's fantastic and so they have a mom my girlfriend's not trying to be their mom hopefully they see a very healthy relationship so they can kind of somewhat mirror you know just like how i took things from my mom and dad where I took notes from my mom and dad hopefully they could take notes from me and my girl does it ever feel exhausting being yeah. a single dad again? oh my god, oh my god. Mm -hmm. every day every day it's crazy how do you cope with that I get my Starbucks every <laughs> I love it Starbucks you, yeah four you, shots you, you see what time I come in in the morning I come, right. in, I come in early like yeah yes yeah, well I'm glad you're very resilient and it's amazing I try yeah awesome okay Mr. D this has been a conversation and for my final question yes. which makes this podcast unique what is your favorite Starbucks drink my favorite Starbucks drink is the one I get from you every single morning obviously this is how the drink goes for me. I, okay. get, I get up in the morning, mm -hmm. tell my girlfriend, I'm going to get me a cup of coffee. Do you want anything? She goes, she says no. I walk in and you go, hey, Mr. D. <laughs> and then I, I don't say anything. And then everybody back just kind of looks at me and holds up four fingers and I and I nod like, yeah. Okay. And then, and then I walk up to you and you're like, what are you doing? And I'm in the meat chit chat. I don't even say what I ordered, but what I do order is a four shot of espresso mm -hmm. on ice. Why? Okay, because I used to drink a lot of Red Bull, and Red Bull's bad for you. I'm not trying to not Red Bull, because I used to drink Red Bull two, three times a day. Two years ago, I went to the doctor. They said that I'm pre-diabetic. They were like, cut the Red Bull, cut the rice, cut the bread. My drink used to be double shot macchiato with a little bit of foam, four packs of sugar. And they were like, cut that sugar out. So cutting out the Red Bull, the rice, and the bread was painful enough. And then cutting out the four packs of sugar in my macchiato was hard. So I used to go down from four packs of sugar to two packs of sugar to just a pinch of sugar. So I just finally got to, to just straight up. Espresso. Just espresso, mm. which was hard for me. So the ice breaks it up. Mm. So the ice makes it a little bit more manageable. Okay, that's wow. It. Long story. That's I think it actually encapsulates who you are as a busy guy since birth. <laughs> well, thank you, Mr. D. Thank you so much for making time. Thanks for having me, man. Of course. Yes. Thank you so much. Have a good yeah. night, sir.